BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Cop Father. I am Craig Bromell. As is the norm, Maddie Bromell is producing our podcast. Going solo today, being August, a lot of vacation, a lot of people away, a lot of people busy. But we have just had an announcement that the federal government here in Canada, under Prime Minister Trudeau, has called for an election for September 20th. A uh, snap election, as they call it, with a minority government here in Canada. The Prime Minister is allowed to call an election whenever he or she wants to, because they have a minority government. If it was a majority government, they'd have to stick to a period of time which is legislated under the Constitution. With a minority government, they can call it whenever they want. So he has called an election. I guess he's taking advantage of really nobody knowing the other leaders in this country right now. So this is not about who's the best party and who's the best leader for it, but the topics that are going to be coming up during this federal election. Obviously, environment, COVID, obviously the budget. I believe before COVID, the federal budget was had a deficit of $36 billion. It's up to about $400 billion now because the Trudeau government, for most of the reasons, were right, brought in financial assistance for a lot of people. A lot of people got to stay home, get paid for it. So our, our federal budget's massive right now. I don't believe it'll ever be paid down. I just think it's phantom money anyways when they talk about national deficits. I don't know if they've done the polling yet, but they will do polling as to what's important to Canadians for a federal election. And I mentioned the environment, jobs, but one issue that I hope is going to get talked about is crime and victims' rights. The crime in the country, like in some place, really in North America, is getting so bad right now with murders and shootings and there's no gun control. We talk about gun control, and I, I am for gun control. When I was a police officer on the street, I wanted to make sure there was as less guns on the street as possible that myself and my cohorts were going to go up against. So I am for gun control. Just for that reason is to protect the communities. And we should know where every gun is if we could. But the, the gun control here is, is a joke, as it is in the States. And I don't really believe there is any because you just pick up the uh, newspaper, you watch the 6 o'clock news. And throughout the country, there are shootings going on all the time. And whenever there is a shooting and whenever there is a murder in this country, we have people that go away for first-degree murder. They get life sentences, but a life sentence in Canada does not mean life sentence. Let's just simplify this. It probably means 25 years. 
and you could be eligible for parole within 15 or 16 years of that time. So life does not mean life in Canada, unfortunately. And there are some people who have been convicted first-degree murder and sentenced to life imprisonment who, if we had capital punishment, would be executed for their crimes. We're talking about people like Paul Bernardo, who obviously was responsible, him and his wife, murdering two very young teenagers in the 90s. Many other victims out there on sexual assaults. This guy was a predator, sexual predator of the worst kind. Capital punishment, he would have been executed a long time ago. And we have Craig Monroe, convicted for the shooting, torture, and murder of police constable Michael Sweet in the early 80s in the city of Toronto. He's a Toronto police officer. And Monroe was convicted. And really, since 2005, he has been eligible for parole, and he has had some day parole, even when it has come out that he has been using crack over and over again. So he comes up for parole every once in a while, as does Bernardo. And I received information a couple of days ago when they were eligible for parole. During the parole hearings, which are open to observers, the documents, reports presented at them are not available to the public, nor are transcripts or recordings of the hearings available, even to the lawyers of the victim's family or the victims. So in other words, if something's going on while they're in custody, while they're doing their uh, life sentence, they don't have access to that information to assist them in making sure that these people like Bernardo or Monroe get out. So Leslie Mahaffey, Christian French families, and also Mike Sweet's family. We're, we're trying to get this information to make sure it goes public. So they decided to take on the federal government out of a federal court. Tim Danson representing the families. And I know on the Monroe case, I know uh, Julian Fantino himself has been going almost every year to the parole hearings, primarily in British Columbia, to make sure that he does not get parole. So they challenged the government. The government hired lawyers on to fight the victims' families, the Mahaffey, French, and Sweet families. So the federal government under Trudeau hired lawyers on to challenge them that they could not get this information for the parole hearings. So it goes to court, and just recently, in the last few days, it was before Justice Glynis McVie, And she did not accept the family's arguments. In her decision, which was released just recently, she sided with the government lawyers who strongly fought to keep the record secret. Government's arguments was that the inmates did not consent to the release of this information. McPhee, the judge, dismissed the family's claim of a constitutional right to the information because she deemed a parole board hearing not to be judicial or quasi-judicial proceedings. She did not accept the open court principle where there is a presumption of openness that is overridden only when an exceptional circumstance is deemed to be greater importance, which applies to the parole hearing. Lawyers hired by the federal government argued the families weren't pursuing public interest litigation but a personal pursuit. Their personal motivation is to use the information sought to make statements to the parole board, the government argued. So in other words, 
the federal government lawyers said your challenges for constitutional reasons, but it's personal. Well, yeah, of course it's personal. They have loved ones that were murdered. So these, these victims' families went to court to try to get the evidence. Instead, they end up getting a bill from the government for $19,000. Judge, this Judge McVie, has ordered the families to pay the legal bills of the government lawyers hired by the Trudeau government. How deplorable, shameful this is. So not only do the federal courts tell the victims' families to screw off, it's too personal, you got to pay these lawyers hired by the federal government their legal bills. And I'm, I'm looking at it, it's about $19,000. Now, let's just go fast forward. Nobody's going to be collecting from these families. You know, like, who's going to collect it? I don't know. Who's going to go after these people for this? And plus, the way we raise money nowadays, you could raise money for anything. It's not an issue. That's not going to come to it. This isn't about collecting the money. They're not going to pay. Because there's all likelihood this is going to now go to the Supreme Court of Canada. And I hope a lot of people are embarrassed about this. So not only do they get slapped in the face, they get re-victimized. So these are victims of the worst crimes in the criminal code with our country, Canada, here. They get re-victimized where the, the judge slams them shut for trying to get the proper information, knowing who knows what Bernardo and this guy Monroe are doing inside. They just want it out there to help their cause to make sure these people do not get out ever. Again, I'm talking, if we had capital punishment, both these people would have been executed by now. We have a cop killer who tortured the police officer first, and we have one of the worst serial killers, sexual predators this country's ever seen. If we had capital punishment, we wouldn't even be talking about this right now. Because at some point, we need in place for people like this. I would guess maybe half the population agree with that. Some people just don't want to talk about capital punishment, but again, we wouldn't be talking about parole hearings right now. And if somebody could explain to me why these two should not have been executed, please explain to me why. So they get re-victimized. Then the judge orders them, the families, to pay the government lawyers. So somebody please tell me, how do we get to this point where now these two really, really bad people can keep coming up with parole, secret information will be kept from the general public and the families. They can't use it about what is their conduct inside while they're serving their time. What's going on? Are they doing crack? Are they involved in other investigations within the jails? On top of it, they get stuck with cost to pay the lawyers hired by the federal government to go after these victims who have suffered the most horrific times, who never recover from this. They just want to make sure the person that had killed their loved ones do not see the light of day again. The fact that Bernardo can even go to a parole hearing now is incredible. I mean, he killed two teenage girls, tortured them. The most horrific murders you can imagine. So we have a federal election coming up. You know, victims' rights are only important when you are the victim. I'm seeing this over and over again. We have shootings and stabbings and really bad situations going on in this country now. The, the, the violent crime rate is at the highest ever. And the reason behind that is another podcast. But it is, it, the reality is it's going on right now. 
And everyone that's been stabbed and killed and murdered, put in the hospital, have family, have victims' families. And the right of victims is such is such a low priority in our society. I guess we just want to ignore it unless it happens to us. But for something like this to happen, I assume, knowing Tim Danson, the lawyer that's representing the, fam- the victims' families on this, this will go to the Supreme Court. I think, obviously, we've got to come up with another strategy regarding this. Do we, do we go after and embarrass certain people? I mean, I, I, would just, I just want to find out. That we should be in a position to ask this judge. It's bad enough you told the family to screw off. It's bad enough you said, no, you know, you're not getting this information of these people. Why would, why would she put cost on this, where you have to now pay the lawyers who are really going after you as the victim? Because this should be slam dunk. And the question is to who made the decision with the federal government? Who, did, who made the decision in Ottawa to hire these lawyers and really go after these victims and their families? Where was that decision made? I mean, to me, that's what has to be looked at here. And whether it's a lawyer like Tim Danson or it's somebody else, where are the police services on the Moreau case? Where are the police services even on Mahaffey and French? Why are the police not standing up to this? Why are the associations not standing up to this? The chiefs of police should say, enough. We want to find out how this happened. And we're going to put all our resources, if this has to go to the Supreme Court, we're going to put all our resources behind this to make a correction here. But more than anything, what was the thought behind putting a cost decision? This was a court decision that the families have to pay these lawyers who, there's no other way of looking at this, were hired by the government. They were defending Bernardo and Monroe. They were there for these two scumbags. And I repeat this, if we had capital punishment, we would not be talking about this. These are the people that should be executed for what they did. So Trudeau's government, under his watch, they hired these lawyers to defend these scumbags. And on top of it, the judge, the federal judge, who was in a federal court, says, nope, it's too personal. You didn't do this under constitutional reasons you got to pay $19,000 to the lawyers who defended the assholes. Somebody please tell me what is wrong with this. How did we get to this? And victims' rights should be an issue when it comes up to a federal election. There's too many victims out there now. And not just this year, not just because of COVID. This has been going on for many, many years now. This is before the situation in the states with defunding the police. This is before certain communities have lives. This is all before this. This has been going on for a long time under this federal government. I don't care who you vote for. This is another podcast as to who I'm going to support. But there's something wrong with this picture, and nobody's talking about this. Don't don't sit back. I think it's cowardly to sit back and not worry about victims' rights until you become one. You know, go on with your life, and it's not going to happen to me. Why should I care? There's too much of that going on. Because this is horrific what these families have gone through. It makes sense why crime rate is going up, because... Why wouldn't you commit crime? Exactly. Why would you not take a chance? When we're seeing it every day. 
drive-by shootings, shootings not at midnight, at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Just go on YouTube, not just in Toronto, but anywhere in this country, anywhere in the States. And there's there's shootouts going on in broad daylight. And the, the people that are pulling the triggers or stabbing people, stabbings are up multiple of times. They're just, they're not afraid of getting caught. There's no deterrent from getting caught with a lot of people. We're not talking a small group here because there's not enough time to watch all the videos on the internet of how many open shootings. So, and they're all out executions. Talk about execution. It's, it's going on in our streets right now. These are people that are executing other people with not a care in the world. And when you see cases like this, where the federal government hires lawyers to defend really bad people, the worst people in our society that are, should be locked up forever, and the government's hiring lawyers to defend these people. My God. Something, something has to happen here. Somebody has to be held responsible. There's no questions. How did we get to this? Who made the decision? Forget the judge. The judge, the public decision. She said, no, we're going to keep everything a secret regarding these two individuals, and you got to pay the lawyers. We know that. This is a public document. Who made the decision to hire the lawyers? And they must have known, the government must have known that these lawyers were going to use this as a defense. They're defending these people. Those are the questions. Where, how high up did this go? How did the government hire on lawyers to protect these people? We should know. How are they conducting themselves in jails, right? We're going to keep looking into this. Very, very upsetting to me because I know these victims, families, not just these th three families, but there's many, 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 many more out there. And it's always the bigger picture. This case is decided. This case will probably go to the Supreme Court of Canada. But who's the next one? Who's the next victim's family that has to come on and be embarrassed? Our federal government. You know, you'd think the federal government would pay money to assist the families in getting what they want. Why did they not write a check to the victim's families, lawyers, instead of to the asshole lawyers? Very easy question. This is Cop Father. Go to info at copfather.com. Any comments, suggestions, and thanks for joining. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, 
and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.